This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 147 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show. Horse and Rider Awareness. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. And our first sponsor is Equestrian Collections at equestriancollections.com plus Uncle Jimmy's. And you can find them at uncle-jimmy's.com. This is Glenn the Geek. And this is Helena B. And you are listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Well, howdy, Helena. Good morning, Glenn. How are you today? What a week. Uh, we had, uh, it's been so busy with, uh, with the uh, Radiothon we did Monday night, and then we're heading out to, we're recording this on Wednesday, and we're heading out this afternoon for Memphis. I'm so jealous. That, no, I'm envious that you get to go to Memphis. Oh, I'm so excited about it. Uh, the press release is hit today, and I've been getting a bunch of emails from people. There's a lot of other people that are jealous, too. <laughs> Well, I, yes, it's not that I don't want you to go. It's just it would be nice for me to go along with you. <laughs> Jamie's a little mad too, because uh, she she gets to stay home and play producer on Friday morning out there in Phoenix, and she's like, "You could bring me in to go go record." <laughs> I think this is what we're talking about is we're going to be doing our horses in the morning show, and I think this show is going to come out after. I'm I'm not sure, but on Friday, if it comes out before on Friday, uh, June the tenth at uh, at nine a.m. Eastern. We will be doing our Horses in the Morning show from the barn at Graceland, and we're going to be talking with Elvis's um, caretaker, who she started taking care of his horses the year he died in 1977. And has been there ever since. So she knows the stories of Elvis and his horses and and everything that's happened since then. So she's going to be on the show with us. And guess who else is going to be there? Raphael Vale, Ivory Pal fame, is going to be co-hosting with me. Yeah, that's awesome. So he's local to that area. Yeah, he's about, uh, he said, a couple hours away is where he keeps Ivory Pal. So he's coming over. He helped get this all set up, so I have to thank him for that. He knows uh, Arlene, who is the one who is the caretaker. So it should be a good time. We're looking forward to hearing all about Elvis and his horses and what's happened since then. And, you know, we get to go in tomorrow afternoon on Thursday afternoon at one o'clock and take a private tour of uh, Graceland and also meet all the horses and the... Oh my God, I am so <sighs> envious. I know. Isn't that cool? It's, that's really cool. So Although, you know, I have to say, for a woman to be, or anybody to be working um, as a a horse care manager or a stable manager for that many years, you really can only do it with a boss who's physically not around. That's true. <laughs> you know, because eventually it's the boss who gets you. It's never the horses of the problem. When you said she's been doing this job since 1977, I thought, wow, that's longevity. How yes. can you last that long? But you know what? When your boss isn't around. Well, I think, you know, and I think Priscilla is still pretty active uh, with the horses and keeps track of them. She recently adopted a couple, rescued a couple of thoroughbreds, or, or yeah. I'm not sure. It was, she rescued a couple of horses. I don't remember what they were. I heard she's, she's quite the compassionate person, so that's... Yes. Now, I don't think she's going to be there. Um, unfortunately, we're not going to get to meet her. But I think this is the first time that a show has gone live, uh, been broadcast, out of the barn. So that should be fun. It should be a good time. We're 
are looking forward to it. It's only supposed to be 100 degrees. <laughs> so if my, if my equipment doesn't melt, we should get a show out on Friday morning. Now, if, you, if, this is, if you're listening to this after Friday morning, go to horsesinthemorning.com, and the recorded version will be there for you to take a listen to. Uh, we're just so excited about it. Jennifer and I are going to take a couple days off. We're going to be spending them in Memphis eating barbecue, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I looked it up. Today, Helena, there are 118 barbecue places in Memphis. What? And I'm speechless. <laughs> and I'm hungry, too. That's a lot of ribs and a lot of brisket and a lot of pulled pork. Just in Memphis alone. Just in Memphis. <laughs> I want to go to Memphis. That's paradise. It's heaven there in Memphis. They serve for drinks there. Like, you know how when you go down south, like, there's there's tea. I think beer. I think they're a beer town. Uh, you know, lemonade. You know, music is a big thing there, and musicians are always broke. So I'm kind of thinking beer. Are you gonna have <laughs> beer with your pulled pork? No, I'm not a big beer drinker, so I'm not quite sure yet what the what. And you know, I'm not a real big drinker either. So, yeah. um, you know, a little wine would be fine. That'll that'll work. Okay. Uh, but I, we're just looking forward to the whole weekend. We're going to do a, a musical bus tour on Saturday, and Jennifer wants to go. Memphis is also known for its zoo. It has a very big uh, zoo that's supposed to be very well run, so we're going to go to the zoo over, over the next couple of days, too. Um, oh, so it should I be fun. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you'll take pictures, and you'll post them, and we'll yeah, be Yeah, we'll be doing – I'm sure stuff. we'll be doing some little videos, too. We'll have the flip along. So we'll be posting those on Facebook as well. So check it out, and uh, we're looking forward to we're looking forward to this. It should be a lot of fun, and of course, it's kind of like a once in a lifetime thing, um, you know yeah. that, that not too many people get to do. So no, it's a big deal. I'm really excited for you. Really excited. Well, and the reason they're doing it is they want to get the word out about Elvis and his horses. Do you know how many people I've talked to in the last couple of weeks about this horse people that don't realize that Elvis had horses and there's still horses at Graceland? I didn't know there were still horses at Graceland. I knew he had horses. I knew he was he was a fan. Yeah, he actually had a second farm too. Uh, he had a total of about eighteen horses, and he had a second farm he used to go out to. He um, at one point, and I won't give too much away, but just to entice people, there's so many stories about Elvis. Uh, he, he didn't want his bodyguards to have to run along when he rode, so he bought them all horses, <laughs> and and that way he had somebody to ride with too. So mm-hmm. there's just so many stories about. Uh, that that are so cool that we'll be telling on on Friday. So um, tune in, tune in. If you miss it, just go to horsesinthemorning.com and listen to the recorded version. But we actually have a show to do today, you and I. And thank you, by the way, so much for your help with 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 the Radiothon, with the Horse World Gives Back Radiothon on Monday night. Oh, the pleasure was all mine. I was glad to be a part of it. And people, I want to remind you that you can still go and listen to that Radiothon. It's posted at horseworldgivesback.com if you missed it. And also, you can still donate. Please go there. Uh, The money is still needed. We raised thousands of dollars. But we would love for you to still go donate there as well if, if you didn't get a chance the other day. Well, let's uh, let's talk about our. What are we going to talk about today? Well, let's do, let's talk about equestrian collections first, and then let's get to our guest, who I think you're really going to like. You haven't met her yet, but I, I I met her over the phone the other day, and she recorded some tips for me, and I was so fascinated. I said, "You have to come back at Stable Scoop because Helena will love you." <laughs> so that's why she's on. Because no other reason than I thought you'd like her. It's like bringing a new girlfriend home to meet your mom. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's funny. That's true. (laughs) So Equestrian Collections participated in the the Horse World Gives Back Retail Day. They did. I know. Did you buy buy anything on Retail Day? 
I did. Yes, fly sheet and fly spray. Oh, good, good. Well, and I know that Jackie Baker bought some things from Equestrian Collections. And the reason people buy from them is they just have this huge selection, thousands and tens of thousands of products at very good prices. And I want to also mention that you can go to EquestrianCollections.com this weekend. On Saturday is International Helmet Awareness Day. So if you're listening to this before Saturday, June the 10th, 11th, 11th, then you can go. There are there are over 460 different retailers. Question Collections is one of them where you can go if you need a new helmet, if your helmet's more than four years old, if you've fallen and used your helmet for what it was meant for, then it needs replaced. And you're going to find a sale on 12 different brands of helmets. Almost every helmet out there is on sale on Saturday. Go to EquestrianCollections.com, go to the helmet section, and buy yourself a new helmet on Saturday while it's on sale, and support International Helmet Awareness Day. That's put on by RidersForHelmets.com, the group that uh, is out there really getting the word out and doing research and really promoting helmets in a way that nobody has before. Yeah, even uh, if, you go, if you're going for you know, a $60 Tipperary, you don't have to go and spend big bucks on the helmets. Just have a new, well-fitting helmet in your barn for everybody. And so, you know. We're going today. As a matter of fact, right after we record here, our friend Darcy needs a new helmet. Hers, we, we checked the other day when we were out at the barn. Yeah. Eight years old. Time to, impr- to get a new one. Over five years, people. They're no good anymore. The, the, the foam biodegrades, and it's not up to snuff. So, because uh, heat and sweat and everything just biodegrades foam. So, you really need to replace it. So, we're taking her shop. We're going to go test her size out. And then on Saturday, we're going to go online and we're going to buy the helmet for her. So, uh, we'll be doing that for our friend for her birthday, birthday Sunday. So, keep that in mind for any special day you have coming up. Go ahead and buy on Saturday. All right, that's at equestriancollections.com. Now, the next the guest we have on here today is a speaker. She's a clinician. She's an author. She is a marketing strategist for social media and the Internet. She has a multiple different websites, but when she did some training tips for me on Horse Tip Daily the other day. I just loved talking to her. She's so fascinating, and she's been in the horse world forever. She lives on top of a mountain in North Carolina, and I mean <laughs> on top of a mountain, half an hour from anything. And her name is Randy Thompson, and we're going to get her on here in just a minute. Well, hi, Randy, and welcome to the Stable Scoop Show. Hi, Glenn. How are you doing today? Good. Uh, Helene and I are so excited to have you on here. I talked to you the other day because we actually recorded some tips together for Horse Tip Daily. That'll be coming out soon. And I said to myself, Helena will love this lady. (laughs) <laughs> so that's why you're on the show today, because I knew Helena would like you, and, and uh, there's nothing I like better than to please the women in my life. Woohoo! And I've been, enjoying, good at it. <laughs> I've been listening to your shows, Helena, and I really have been enjoying listening to what you two have been able to put together for people. Thank you very much. You know, it's, we, we do joke around a lot, but the, the idea is we get people listening and laughing, and then every once in a while we kind of sneak something serious in there because, you know, we feel like we have an obligation to, who are those women that we inter- interviewed last week? Not that I can remember. 99 Ways Not to Kill Your Horse. Oh, that's yeah. kind I of, listened to that. That was, was it, weren't funny. They, weren't they funny? They yeah, were that's what we, you know, we want to sort of perpetuate that. And, it was and, funny uh, and yet very real. Yes, there were some real situations in what they talked about. <laughs> but what, t- 
tell us so I mean now let's let's treat it this way. I am like our audience. I know nothing about you, Randy. Glenn said, "Okay, I want to have Randy on the show." But what is it what are you? If you had to put yourself in a bucket, how would you identify yourself within the horse world? An entrepreneur. Okay. So I do a little bit of everything. I actually have two programs that I've developed. The first is the Horse and Rider Awareness Educational Programs. And from there, I've branched off into marketing with how to market your horse business. So what is the awareness that we're looking for? Is it like, you know, I think, therefore I am? Or is it, uh, you know, my feet are down there and they're four feet from my head? Because, you know, sometimes I just have zero awareness. If it's, so I think, is- if it's the first one, I'm out of this conversation already. So <laughs> I'll just talk to you guys in a half an hour. Well, what the awareness is, is that I found that with horses, it's a two-way thing with a horse and a rider. You know, in order for the horse to understand the rider, the rider needs to become aware of what they're feeling and sensing from the horse. At the same time, the horse learns to understand what the rider is saying with their riding position and aids. To me, it's almost a form of interspecies communication. Okay, so before you can even start that communication, you need to be aware that's right. And awareness begins with becoming aware of who you are and what your effect is on not only horses, but on other people in your life. So give me an example of somebody who, that, that light bulb goes off for somebody and says, okay, I, this is who I am. What kind of me are, do we find from these riders? You know, what, what am I looking to identify? Why well, I'm up there or, or, or you well, know, how, is it a physical thing or is it more of a an emotional, mental type of thing? That's a really good question because it encompasses all of those. For example, when you're on a horse, you'll notice that, for example, when you want them to move forward, the signal for you to ask your horse to move forward might be from your seat or it might be from your leg. The question is, when is the horse aware of you asking it? And when are you aware that the horse can feel you responding to it? So when the horse moves forward from your leg, when do you when do you sense the horse is actually hearing that? Okay, so we can. So I'm guessing then that we we're going to go through a series of communication exercises with our horses. Basically, I've learned to use patterns with horses and riders. I'll set up cones and that type of thing, and mm-hmm. I'll have them go through a pattern that connects them more. It's all about the connection. Okay. What do you and think, been, Glenn? Do you have a connection with Baker? Or does he just pull <laughs> you out like I do? I was going to ask you if you have a connection with Pi anymore, because poor Helena, her horse Pi dumped her and, or no, she did, she did an intentional flying dismount and happened to dismount and destroy her knee. Um, so do you still have a relationship with Pi, or has it gone away now that you're, you, he, he, he broke your knee? I am I am making an effort to become aware of a new kind of relationship. I don't want to give up the relationship. That's why I'm in horses, because I like the ability to have a different kind of relationship with each animal, whether I'm riding them or or working with them on the ground or just taking care of them as pets. That's why I do the horse thing. So, um, But this is new for me, having a relationship with Pi where I'm not on his back. I need to figure that out. And it's really the same thing. It's just that you're not on their back anymore. And the same with driving a cart, I think. Yeah, it is. It is, you know, you're not on their back, but they're still very in tune with what you're doing back there, what what you want them to do. 
I mean, the one thing you see in driving is just like riding. Their ears are going the whole time because they're constantly paying attention to what, what you're doing back there. Right. It's, um, it, I mean, what I, I'm in what I call observation mode, which um, I'm such a high-intensity type A person. I'm always in the go, proactive mode when I'm working with my horses. And now because I'm injured, I have to be more observational, which is probably the best thing could ha- that could happen for me and my horses at this point. So it's, I'm learning. Um, we never stop learning, that's for yeah. sure. What's yeah, your, and there's, what, that, it's not linear. That's the other thing. Is, is. I found that it's just not a straight line. It's, it's not, all over the place. It's amazing. It's all over. And I think as we learn more about horses, we learn more about ourselves. Agreed. You know, horses have changed my life. I wanted to ask you, what's, you know, on that line? Okay, so we're talking about Helena and her type A personality, and I didn't even think about that before, Helena, but probably this this probably happened at a good time for you to be able to to force you to slow down a little, to... To to yeah. to not be so. I got to do this. I got to get this done. I got to get this done. But to actually force you to think about it a little bit. Well, more like slow down and enjoy the process. Yeah, I, you know the process has never been. I like the baby steps, and I think yes. there are. You know, there's a lot of people. Um, I don't know. Maybe there are. Maybe there aren't. I like the process of going from point A to, to point B. So the journey is as rewarding for me. It's exactly. just I need to dial that intensity down a little bit. You know, I'm, I was a fox hunter uh, and, you know, an aspiring eventer. These, these are all kind of high-speed, high-intensity sports. Um, but I think there is plenty of room for turning that dial down a little bit. And, you know, this is really – Glenn, you are spot on. You know me so well. <laughs> So wait, so I'm going on and on, but I want to hear more. Well, you know, let me ask from Randy. a question. I want to ask Randy a question. It's along this lines. What is okay? So we're talking about awareness. What is the obstacle that you come across the most with people? I would say the obstacle that most people have is they haven't been taught how to be intuitive about what they're feeling or how other horses or people react to them. You know, it's not something that's a part of society. It's like they, most people take their riding lessons and they're taught, put your heel down, do this, do that. You know, if your horse doesn't do this, just, you know, jerk on the bit or do whatever you have to do to get his head down. You, so, and, you know, I think that comes from, that comes from, and boy, we, have we had older guests on this show who talk about that, that people, you know, it, back in the day, in their day, back in the early 1900s for the really older guests, <laughs> um, they grew up with horses because that was their mode of transportation. Everybody had horses, so they learned about horses. They had to from the time they were two. So, you know, they have... they. Nowadays, riders show up once a week at the barn, and that's how they're expected to learn horsemanship. Um, that's right. You know, a lot of them are that they way. Don't, they don't teach the why. They teach the how, you know, the that's, physical, what to do with your body in order to achieve a certain result. You know, and like I always say to my instructors, but yeah, but I want to know why. <laughs> Right. I want to know but, why I need to do this. What's, but what they don't that get to mean? spend that time like uh, Jennifer did growing up, where she was just sitting bareback on a horse, riding for miles and miles and miles as a kid. Right. Uh, so the going, why becomes second nature. You understand yes. because you spend so much. It's more time in the saddle. Well, and, right. what do you, right? and you learn so much from that early time if you have the opportunity to do that, don't you? Yes. But many people don't have that opportunity nowadays. You know, we've, we have less and less land to ride on all the time. So for most people, it's a convenience thing. 
they'll have their horse at a barn. The only place they can ride it is basically in a ring. All right. So how, okay, so before we get off of that, sorry, Helena. No, no, no. We're both like chomping at the bit to ask you questions. I know. Um, I think she just typed over here to me on text to shut up. But um, <laughs> did uh, not. So, I did not. He lied. <laughs> lied like a she wanted oh, to. Um, oh, so, I forgot about the text. <laughs> so, Randy, to follow that up, how do you overcome that? If, if if all they get is, you know, a teenager, all they get, or whoever learning to ride, get once a week in a ring, how do you overcome that and become aware when you're really, part of awareness is time, is spending time, and you don't get that time. That's true if you look at it that way, but on the other side, if that child, the teenager, only has an hour a week to spend with a horse, thank you, God, because mm-hmm. horses change people's lives. If all they can have is that hour and a groom presents them the horse and they have that time with a horse, with somebody working with them or whatever, that's a gift. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and they may not ever have what we had where we had the background we did where we could spend time with them, but thank goodness they can have at least that hour of time. That's true. So, there are, so that might even be, some, for some people, just that hour of time. I find that horses teach people how to make choices and decisions, especially women. They learn how to make choices and decisions that they wouldn't learn any other way. Because on a horse, if you don't tell the horse what to do, you can get hurt. So can you? So you're riding with someone, let's say, and you isn't are that once tr- a week. Isn't that true of relationships, too? Yes. If you don't tell them what to do, you can get hurt. Helena's right. figured that one out years ago. <laughs> or finding a way to communicate with them. She does that to me all the time. She just tells me what to do, and I sit here. Good job, Helena. <laughs> I'm good at that. My husband says the same thing. He's like, you're kind of bossy. Like, I can't help it. If I see a void, I fill it. What can I say? <laughs> that is why he married you, I'm sure. <laughs> exactly. <gasps> yes. You want your own show, Randy? We can, I can make that happen. I, I was going somewhere, and it was kind of important, Glenn. See, he does it to me all the time. He changes the tracks. Okay. So I've completely lost where I was. I'm going to start with a new question. On your website, under Rider Awareness, Randy, one of the bullet points that you make, which I think is really exciting, is how to find your seat position forever. That's something that I struggle with. I get my seat position one day, and I'm good for a couple of days, and then I lose it. And then I'm shifting my tushy around in that saddle, and I'm constantly, am I in the right position? Am I doing... What do you mean by, is it really possible to find that position and stay there? Well, Glenn learned how to do it when we did the daily tips on Yeah, his do it again for, for her, uh, because she can do this. Her, she broke her knee, not her butt, so she can do this. All right, I'll show you an easy way to do it. Helena, okay. as you're sitting there, put your hand underneath of your rump, your bum, and you'll mm-hmm. feel a bone underneath of there towards the inside. Yeah. You feel that bone, you have one on both sides. That's a seat bone. Yeah. That's the secret to your success in keeping your position where you need it to be. So here's an experiment that you can do to feel the positions that people And everybody do. at home listening, unless you're driving, should do this right now. That's right. Don't yeah. do it while you're driving. All right. <laughs> so where you're sitting right now, if you rock your shoulder forward, you'll feel that your weight goes in front of your seat bones. Yeah. Okay. Now rock it way back, and you'll feel it falls behind your seat bones. Yes. Okay. Okay. Now put it so it's right over your seat bones. And that's the beginning of connecting your riding position to your seat bones where you can find your seat. Do you feel how when your shoulder is over your seat bones, how you're like plugged in on your chair even? Yes, ma'am. It lifts up the front of your rib cage. 
holds your upper body position in a different place. Okay, so like, not, right? It like, and it's like neutral on your hand that's under your butt. That's right. Yeah. So you're saying then that the seat bones are the are the um, the foundation. Resistance. That's They're exactly your base. Right. But we're not done yet because okay. now we have to be able to apply that on a horse. What you'll find on a horse is that your seat bones are either going to go back while you're sitting where you are right now with your shoulders above your seat bones. Just slide your rear end back a little bit, and you'll feel that your shoulders will fall forward. But you'll feel a position that a lot of people do. We used to call this the crotch seat. You probably mm-hmm. remember that, Helena. Mm-hmm. We used to teach that in the hunter world. Yep. Okay, what that does, you feel it throws your upper body forward, and it would take your lower legs behind your riding position. Yes. So that's when your seat bones aren't connected. Okay, now next, take your seat bones way forward in front of your shoulders, and you'll feel, feel that, how you start slumping your lower back? Yes. That's the chair seat. It throws your legs way forward in front of your seat position. Now, by the way, it's really, easy, you've, uh, it's really demonstrated well with me because I sit on the ball, and when I'm doing this, you have to also balance and not fall off the ball. Okay, I I need to jump in here with one thing. This is probably the biggest riding light bulb that has ever gone off over my head. Putting my hands underneath my seat bones has just opened a huge door for me. I cannot believe how little physical effort it takes to engage these seat bones independently. You are now aware. Okay, people, <laughs> for every Feel Scoop listener out there, you must put your hands under your tushy and feel your seat bones. You are going to be absolutely stunned by how little effort it takes to give your horse a cue with your, with your, your seat. That's right. And keep your shoulders balanced over your seat bone is the big thing. What will happen as you're riding, because a horse's movement changes your seat bones, that's why you feel your seat sliding in the saddle? Yeah. And you is know, that, oh, my God. You know what yeah. else, too, I noticed, too? We're talking about forward and backward here, but there's also the balance from left to right. And sitting on the ball, I really notice the, the, the right and left, the weight shifting as I'm trying to stay steady on the ball. That's I right. sit on an exercise ball for everybody that's a new listener. Um, you, and it's sort of like being on a horse because you have to balance. Um, and it, you're constantly going left and right, too. That's right. And most people fall to the right on their horses. Right, because we're Why stronger on the right hand side. Because stronger yeah. on the right, yeah. That's right. That's it, and that's a tendency of most riders. So hey, uh, um, when you're I, actually, I'm stunned. Sorry. I'm just, I'm stunned. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing. I told you she would like you. <laughs> <laughs> and here's something thing to think just... about that uh, Glenn and I talked about at the Daily Tips was, have you heard of uh, Klemka, Reiner Klemka? No. Okay, he won the World Cup in dressage, and he did his victory lap. He did 72 flying changes in a row with his reins in one hand. Yes, but, I did hear about that. Okay. Oh, you heard about him. All right. Yes. He was quoted as saying that, you know, he, ride, he rode the world's best horses, and even on the best horses with somebody of his level, he said that he has to consciously adjust his seat every three steps hmm. because the horses move them out as they're moving around. So as you're riding, you know, the people who are listening realize that at first you're going to feel like your, your seat is going to slip out of place all the time. But as you get more comfortable with where it'll feel, you'll be able to readjust it quicker. Okay. So this whole revelation here is going to, 
it's it's going to drive us into a new area that I now I'm really curious about you. <laughs> now I'm really <laughs> curious about you. You have in it, with such simplicity just um, opened a huge door for me and and so many people who are listening. So that brings us to the next phase of what you do and what you offer the horse world is taking this kind of awareness and communicating it to people so that they they get it. Um, how do you do that? Well, for years, the reason that I've gotten so clear at saying, you know, sharing this type of thing is because I taught professional coaches, trainers, and instructors for years, and I came up with techniques that work, that they were had to be able to take back and be able to use on their students and clients. So that's where it came from. And what do you find to be the most, hands down, when, when that light bulb goes off for these people, what, what's the most popular response to them becoming aware? It's like what, you, what you've experienced. I've had people that have broken out in tears, mm. you know, because it's like such an aha mo- 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 you know, moment for them to feel that they actually have control of what's happening in a way that they can do it. They can do it themselves. That's the key is you can do it yourself. And I know so many people who are really dependent on their trainers and, or their instructors. And, um, you know, I think you kind of get stuck in a rut when you just listen to the same person and the same style and doing the same thing over and over again. You never really have that chance to move out of your comfort zone and, and broaden that awareness. Um, so and the you know, independence. That's, that's one of the reasons that important. you and I, Helena, talked about three, almost three years ago now doing this show, was that just to make people aware, even if they didn't do anything about it, they were aware that there were other, there were other things out there. That's right. Yeah. Gosh, I remember the first time I told my, my hunter-jumper trainer that I wanted to fox hunt. She was like, are you crazy? <laughs> Why would you want to do that? <laughs> you know, God, no, that did, you don't do that. <laughs> That's just not done. You know, and... Um, Had to ruin a God, good horse. I can't, yeah, I can't imagine life without it. Um, so, so, Randy, we're going to take a little break here, and then we're going to come back, and, and I want to talk to you about some of the other things that you do as well. And this website is horseandriderawareness.com. And what we're going to talk about Uncle Jimmy's. Wasn't it so cool last week that we had Uncle Jimmy on the show, Helena? He is such a trip. He is, and he always has a good attitude. He's so positive. I know he jokes around a lot, but he what a great, what good karma Uncle and Jimmy you know, has. I have to thank him, too. And Uncle Jimmy's uh, brand products are, are the horse treat that every horse likes. You're going to want to find them in your local store or buy them online for your horse. Uncle Jimmy's hanging balls and Uncle Jimmy's squeezy things and all of, the, all of his different treats are fantastic. But I just want to tell you about the company. He is such a caring guy. He was the first one to call during our radiothon during Horse World Gives Back. And I know, Randy, you said you were listening to it, so you probably heard Uncle Jimmy call. He was the first one to call and pledge money. And he wrote to me 10 minutes later and said, oh, I think I got cut off. I don't know where to send the money. He really wanted to get it done. Um, So, you know, uh, that's the kind of company Uncle Jimmy's is. And, you know, Helene and I believe in supporting companies that are doing the right thing. And Uncle Jimmy's is one of those companies. He cares about each and every horse. He has horses of his own. He tests all the products on his horses before he puts them to market. So you know that they're, they're tested with care. And 
they're just great stuff. And and the other thing he told us last week is Mucho Macho Man, who's going to be running in the in the uh, uh, what, oh the New York race. Which one is it this weekend? Belmont. Thank you, Belmont. the Belmont. He's going to be running in the Belmont. We talked about it this morning. I don't know where I lost the name. He's going to be running in the Belmont. He was had some Uncle Jimmy's hanging balls in his stall. So, <laughs> so awesome. there you go. It is top racehorse approved products. You can find all of his products at uncle-jimmys.com. Randy, you also do have done have broken branched out from training and also into into media and awareness, and you have other websites as well. So tell us about that. Well, I found that uh, while I was living in South Florida, I started having problems with the heat and passing out. So I realized okay, that Okay, that's my... not good when you're in South Florida. That's right. You know, heat stroke. <laughs> so what had happened is I realized for health reasons that I really can't be out in the sun certain times of the day, and I really don't want to be out in the cold that much anymore either. So I was thinking, what can I do that would be All right, different? wait a minute. I have to ask you a question about that. So yes. to solve that problem, you moved to the top of a mountain that's right. in the Smoky Mountains of North Carolina where the sun's even closer. Well, actually, it's called the Thermal Belt where I am. It's a fluke of nature where the, it's like one of the best climates in the United States. I've heard that. Is that. That's not too far from Asheville, right? That's right. I'm 22 okay. miles as far as the crow flies. Oh, Nashville is one of the most beautiful cities in this country. Mm-hmm. It's like got its own weather pattern or something. Yes, there. that's right. Yeah. The Thermal Belt. You yeah. know, I spent uh, New Year's Eve, uh, one New Year's Eve at the Biltmore, and uh, the big big uh, mansion there that you can take tours of. Well, we went up one New Year's Eve, and it was snowing. So we were at the Biltmore on New Year's Eve in the snow. It was so beautiful. Oh, I'll bet. Yeah, and they're actually beautiful. 10 degrees colder up there in Asheville than where I am. Oh, wow. And, oh. and if you go down the border to South Carolina, it's always 10 degrees hotter. <laughs> so that's nice. You, got, you, you have your, your choice. That's you're, right. you're in a very flexible, <laughs> geographically flexible spot. And there's a lot of trees, so you can hide from the sun. That's right. <laughs> Glenn, let her get back to her story, I'm please. Sorry. Don't cut I'm sorry. people off. I'm sorry. So anyway, what I found is that, I, that I, I, you know, I'd been on the road for years doing clinics and stuff, but I can't do it anymore. So I was thinking, well, what am I going to do? You know, if I can't do horses, I'm going to have to go work at, you know, McDonald's or something. <laughs> And uh, both of you have been in the business long enough. I see, see that, Helena, you've gone into marketing, and Glenn, you've been in this longer than any of us. You know, one thing we have had to do all of our life with horses is learn how to market what we're doing. And we've all yes. been pretty successful yep. at what we're doing. That's right. So, yep. you know, I thought about it, and I thought, well, what else can somebody do if they can't do the horses full-time? And I started studying internet marketing is where I started. From there, I got, you know, I... I did some things outside of the horse industry first, and they weren't part of my heart, so I didn't have passion for them. And one day I came back, and I was a little bit like, okay, you know, I've done this, and, you know, I've had great success with getting financial sites to the top of the search engine rankings and everything, but like I said, my heart wasn't in it. So I came back one day, and I was kind of wondering what to do, and I just put up the fan page for how to market your horse business on Facebook. I threw it up. I went out and rode a few horses, came back, and realized I had spelled the name business wrong. So I was like, ah, I've got to change this. And so I was trying to change it, but I couldn't change it, and I realized... It's a Facebook thing. It's a Facebook (laughs) thing. If you have... And this is what I found out is if you have over 100 fans, you can't change the name. That's right. The problem I had was in the time I was gone, 150 people had already joined the fan page. Mm. I love how people still on your fan page. They're still asking. They're still saying, you spelled business wrong. (laughs) And I don't mind. It was probably the best thing you ever did. 
best thing I ever did because I had <laughs> 600 people join me the first, first week. I'd never seen anything like that happen on Facebook. And wow. I there were horse people out there that needed and wanted to learn more effective ways to market what they love to do. And there's no place for people to go to learn that type of thing because they're not, you know, like, I know you guys are a little ADD, too. <laughs> most people aren't Boy, going to be... Boy, she has been listening to our shows. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, you know, most people won't take the time to become obsessive like we do when we're really into something. And I sure. really went deep into it. And for me now, it's, I found that it's a way for me to share something else while being in the horse world, even though I've gone a little outside of the horse world with it now to help other horse people. And I'm creating do-it-yourself programs that people can use to be more effective in what they're sharing with the world, with what they love with horses. And that's the difference, I think, between our industry and, and others that are less focused on something that's so emotional. Because we, we do appreciate, because at some point in our lives, and our careers, we have developed a bond, a very intense relationship with horses somehow. We yes. love them. We understand that other people love them and all we want to do is work with them and, you know, cut out a meager living. It's not like anybody's looking to get rich in the horse world. Um, we, we just want to make a living. And so I think that that desire to help other horse people is really genuine. Yes. And, you know, if you can, like Horse Tip Daily is so popular. If you could help a fellow horseman just by giving them, you know, one or two pieces of advice, that is rewarding. And, you know, and then we pay it forward. It's, and so I think there is so much room for people like us who maybe we can't do, you know, you can't travel the country anymore and, and do the, um, you know, the clinics. But there are ways that you can contribute, and I think there are people right. out there who appreciate those contribution, contributions as much as the clinic ones. You know exactly. What and what I've learned with, as I, excuse me, Glenn, as I've been doing the Internet marketing, I learned this, this thing called information products. So even though I can't, don't want to travel anymore like I used to, you know, you get tired of that, and I can't deal with the heat anymore, I am now creating products that people can do and learn this information at home with. You know, I can do a webinar, record it, and be able to change that into a product that people can learn my horse and rider awareness techniques or they can learn the marketing that I'm doing from the comfort of their home. Mm. And I would never have thought about that if I was still on the road doing clinics all the time. So there's a way we can reach so many more people this way. And you're darn clever, too, because you're doing something, and I want to get this in, and we're kind of running out of time. I wanted to get this in before, uh, before we go. You're doing something called Friend Fridays. Tell yes. us about Friend Fridays, and I bet you didn't think it would do what it's doing. <laughs> Not at all. I started Friend Friday on Facebook, and it was the main purpose for it was to be able to promote other horse businesses. Well, it has taken off. Last week, we had over 600 comments and 100 different topics that came up that day. So what we've started as a result of Friend Friday is we share the comment love. I'm showing people how to use their comments when they're using social media to be able to be more effective with their marketing and to create relationships with people, you know, because a lot of people marketing forget about the relationships. And the latest thing that we've started as a result of that is movers and shakers of the horse world. And what I do is I bring them to uh, Facebook. We start a chat on there and we interview 
people that are in the horse business, and now we're doing organizations in the horse business. So we'll start with a chat on Facebook and turn that into a tele-seminar that everybody can use to promote what they're doing. Okay, so, really, I'm available on Friday mornings from... <laughs> I will put you on my list. Really? I'm the mover, Glenn's the shaker. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's what I hear. <laughs> I can just see him shaking on that little ball now. <laughs> now, well, how do people participate in that? What do they do if they want to participate in Friend Fridays? They come to Facebook to go to How to Market Your Horse Business, and they join in. Every time we have Friend Friday, I put out posts that describe to people what we're doing and how they can be more effective because, we're, as I said, we're teaching people how they can use social media to be more effective with their marketing. It's changing the way they're marketing on Facebook and the way they relate to their customers at home. It's been amazing for me to watch the changes because they'll come back in and they'll say, you know, I've been learning this marketing stuff, and what I found is that it works on my clients. Mm. <laughs> Funny how that works. I know, and it's just, it's just amazing to be a part of the process. Well, we, we are running out of time here, but I think we've uh, teased people enough for them to go check out. We'll put links in our show notes to howtomarketyourhorsebusiness.com and also uh, for your other website, horseandriderawareness.com, and to your Facebook pages. We'll put all those in our show notes at stablescoop.com. Thank you so much, Randy, for being with us today. Let's just finish out the show here, here Helena. Randy, hold on. Um, we are going to be back next week, hopefully with a lot less technical difficulties than we were having on all the shows this week. Um, but we're, we're praying that that's going to get better. Don't forget, if you, if you missed uh, us live from Graceland and Elvis's barn, go to horsesinthemorning.com and take a listen to that, to the recorded version. And it's not too late to give to Horse World Gives Back if you missed the opportunity to do that as well. Uh, what else did I forget there, Helena? Oh, oh, I don't know. Half of Helmet it. Awareness Day, Saturday. And I know Randy's a big proponent of that, too. So Absolutely. Helmet Awareness Day, Saturday. Buy your helmet at a discount. Any of 460 dealers, including equestrian collections. And that's about it. We're out of here. I'm off to Memphis to eat barbecue six times a day. There are 118 barbecue restaurants in Memphis, and I'm going to eat at all of them in four days. <laughs> oh, boy. And I get to go have my yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Randy. We'll see you. It's been Bye, a pleasure everybody. speaking with Thanks, both of you. Randy. Have what a great a day. Bye-bye. You too.